Welcome to the Secrets Women Keep podcast. I am your secret keeper and confidant, Lauren White. I'm a qualified counsellor and sexologist, facilitator of all things turn on, author of permission, and a witty, highly intuitive lounge room dancing introvert. I help you as an exceptional woman in entrepreneurship to see, love, and trust all the parts of yourself, especially the unseen. Let's pull back the curtain, light the candelabra, and lift the veil. These are the secrets women keep. Hello, and welcome to the Secrets Women Keep podcast. I am your host and confidant, Lauren White, and today we have an incredibly potent guest. Her name is Alicia Patterson. Alicia provides guidance into the realm of somatic healing, assisting her clients to evolve, transform, and emerge into a new level of liberation and truth. She offers women's pelvic health care, somatic counseling, psychedelic and plant medicine integration support, consulting and training for professionals. Bridging the lenses of holistic women's health, endocrine, nervous, immune system support, nutrition, lifestyle and environmental factors, emotional and trauma-informed care, herbalism and more, Alicia is the leading women's health specialist in her field. Here to talk the secrets of your pelvic power is Alicia Patterson. Alicia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> me too. Me too. I'm so excited to have you because you are someone who about once every six months or so, someone will just pop up in the online world who immediately captures my interest and my attention. And yeah. you're one of those people. I immediately knew when I read the first thing that you know, I ever came across that you wrote. Um, I'm not sure. It was on Facebook. I'm not sure which group um, it was a part of, but um, I just went immediately. And you said at the end, like, if you feel connected, then let's connect. Like, let's be Facebook friends. And I was like, I want to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Immediately, like, yes, that feels so good. So, you just you have this magnetism, and I'm really excited that my audience um, now gets to be witness to that and gets to have a taste of what your world and your work is like. Well, thank you for inviting me. And you too are magnetic. So, I love it. I welcome it. I love connecting with you. I really you know, we need that. And in this world where digital connection is sometimes all that we can really rely on if we're in certain parts of the world that are going through something really intense that um, I really appreciate the genuineness and the way that you reached out. And thank you so much for Aww. having me. Oh, warm my heart. Thank you so much. And um, I'm really excited about Delving in deep with you. Now, my spidey senses say that I can just ask you a big question straight off the bat because a woman who knows her pelvis and knows the power of her pelvis um, is usually happy to go there. So the first question I would love to ask you is centered around the bathroom stall moments in life. Now, anyone who listens to the podcast already will know that we talk about bathroom stall moments in nearly every episode. And I define them as those moments in your life 
in which you're trying to hold it all together as everything feels like it's falling apart. So you are literally sitting in a bathroom stall or feel free to um, swap that out for you're sitting in the car, you're in the middle of the supermarket with a shopping trolley. (laughs) It's like you're in one of those moments, you're in the suck where you want to be seen and simultaneously invisible. And I'm just wondering, Alicia, have you ever had a bathroom stall moment that you're happy to share with us? Oh, yeah. Well, go big and go deep. That's all we have time for. So I appreciate (laughs) the question. I've had many, many bathroom stall moments as uh, I believe really connected in their bodies, human beings, like these moments that bring us to our hands and our knees uh, is natural. And the one that's coming to me, I mean, I have many and I'm happy to share many. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. transparent and open these days. Um, and really is so connected to my experience of womanhood and this pelvic power journey. And, um, it was amidst my own intensive couple year process of practicing with myself and also seeing a really incredible practitioner of diving into internal intervaginal therapeutic work. Mm. And, um, you know, it, I look back on it now and I kind of giggle and I always talk about it because it can be destabilizing. It can shift one's foundation for me in a very beautiful, fruitful, super important way that I would never take back. However, um, I was partnered to someone at that time that my take on it is that because of the work I was doing and maybe because of that partnership, it was very beautiful in so many ways Uh, I experienced, I think my first ever at that point, very powerful sexual bond and that relationship ended and it devastated me and kicked me off the cliff into grief that I had never experienced like that before. Mm. And that, you know, all of these ways that our bodies work is just so fascinating and beautiful and can be very tender and vulnerable and also so empowering. And when I share that, I share that with my clients, you know, a lot of people go through some type of a destabilization or like an opening and an expansion, and then a little bit of a crash. And that's our nervous system, you know, it's how our nervous system works and it's okay. And that was a very painful a very, very challenging moment for me in the arc of my, I was like new in my career. I was in it working with people. I went through this relationship, beautiful thing, and then devastating thing. And I was the like Saturn return time in my age. Oh, yes. It was very, very, um, it was a big time in my life. And that's what's coming to me with your bathroom stall question. Yeah. Yeah really pivotal. And can I ask, you had this deep transformative sexual bond with this person. What, and then things, did things end quite quickly after you had that experience? Um, Not really. I mean, we were, it was a a solid relationship. We were together for a couple years. So that bond was uh, formed over time and that there are many palpable moments that I remember of 
in my body waking up and mm. you know, I had a procedure um, on my cervix that I teach about quite a bit and how to recover from these procedures and stuff. And because of the work I was engaging in, and a lot of it was with myself and with this practitioner who's very incredible. And some of it was about the relationship. It was this um, very transformative, very human to human, very like self to self oriented, very healing. Uh, I think my nervous system was in need and I didn't really know until I started to feel what was happening in my body. And I mean, ultimately it was circumstantial. I think that uh, we had some developmental differences between us, but Mm. we were long distance and he was getting into the medical field and I already had an established career and, you know, medical school just tends to devour everything. And that was really what prompted us addressing that. Like, I don't think this is going to be the long-term thing that I really wanted it to be. Mm. How did you nurture yourself sexually when that relationship ended? Great question. Well, I remember, um, you know, I'm a pretty, I can be pretty contained I have this like professional presence that my friends always joke, like Dr. Alicia inside. (laughs) I was this like tender, vulnerable, like soft, sensitive being. Um, But at that point, I really, I felt myself unravel. I was grieving like in really wild ways that I just wasn't accustomed to. And I think that a lot of the work I had done on myself and been in therapy for years and dance therapy and all these different things. Um, I just could not contain myself and I really needed every little moment to be like, sounds silly to say, but I needed it to be all about me. Mm. And I let it be. I was like, I cannot go to this thing because I can't be raw and real. So like, I didn't go to a bunch of things that normally I would push myself and be like, time to wrap it up, like time to go. And Um, I only spent time with people that could just see me and what I was going through and I was like taking tinctures for grief and lighting candles every night. I was like, I need to do everything that I can do for myself to really be loving towards myself. I think that was a really big shift in Mm. my life to allow myself as somebody who's always like kept up with appearances and engaged in community in a certain way. It was a really big change for me. And then the sexual nurturance piece was, um, I remember this moment I was talking with a girlfriend and I was like, I'm like taking my body back for myself. And it took me months to get to Mm. the point I could do that because all my associations were with this person that I was grieving of Mm. loss. And, you know, I couldn't go there for a little while, but I really believe that our field, our energetic field and our nerves and our skin and touching our bodies. For me, it is sensual, sexual. I believe that all of it relates to each other. And then when it came to time for me to really be with myself, you know, internally with, Um, orgasm or a massage tool or whatever it was, it took me a while to get back to doing that. And I felt like it was really important for me to respect myself 
in that pace and not be like, you know, in a week, like I need to do this. And like, it's time. And I just pressure myself. I gave myself a lot of space. And then when I did come back to it, it was so beautiful and really like totally the right time. Yes. And I appreciate that you've referenced the length of time it took because so much of our sexual connection to ourself can take time. It doesn't necessarily have to, but it can. And I think that's reassuring for women to hear that, Absolutely. yeah, there can be, it's a, it's a process and it's not just a, you go in once and that sets the standard. You keep, um, you return to yourself again and again and again and again. Um, so I really, really appreciate that you Uh, that you said that. I think that's really reassuring for women is the time factor. It can take time and it's an excellent investment in yourself and in your secret self that um, usually isn't revealed um, Mm -hmm. to many people or in um, many ways, but it's an excellent investment in yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, you know, I feel like there's Uh, a little bit of a swing has happened, which is amazing in some ways, you know, the, the sexual empowerment revolution, and there's always a back to every front. And I, I felt myself like, you know, what does it mean if, if I allow myself all this time or, you know, I want to be a sexually empowered woman. And ultimately my nervous system needed a deep rest and I needed to go inward and kind of shut down Mm -hmm. a little bit and that's okay. You know, that's a beautiful thing for me to allow myself to do as someone who's been very out there and very social and very connected. And I experienced a really big change in my sexuality through that relationship and that process. And that really led me toward how I wanted to be with myself and other people after that, that was very different from the way that I engaged in my youth and, you know, coming up in this world and all that women go through about our bodies and our boundaries. Mm. And you spoke, just spoke now about your nervous system and the requirement of coming down so that you could gently lift up into the sexual realm. And I know people can't see me right now, but if you imagine, if you can kind of see the nervous system um, and the branches of it as kind of like a band, then when we go down and we downregulate properly, not necessarily into numbness or checking out, not to that point, but when we properly decompress, we we efficiently relax, <laughs> very charged word, relax. Um, then if your sexuality is something that you're looking for, then you can gently lift up from that and get to the point where the branches of your nervous system can flow really beautifully together so that you can explore more of your orgasmic nature. We don't want to be too high up in stress. We don't want to be too far down into um into some of the lower echelons of being down-regulated because then we're near sleep. Um, but that beautiful, there's a beautiful sweet spot in the middle. And what Alicia has spoken into into is the need to come down from those high states in order to gently lift back up again. And that's a really 
important tip because most women struggle to just skip that. If they try to skip that downregulation piece, that effective downregulation piece, then um, they end up feeling frustrated. It's like, why is it not working? And it's because we're trying to go from stress to sex um, without that gentle um, and necessary cushioning in between. Um, is that is that fair to say that was your experience, Alicia, of resourcing and sourcing your sexuality? Absolutely. Yeah, it's great that we're talking about this because I just wrote about this and, you know, this is um, part of why I do what I do. Why I got into pelvic work was because of my own experience. I found it so effective and efficient and I'm a long-term mental health practitioner and plenty to say about that world. And I feel like I can talk about that world because I've been working in that field for over a decade and the experience of truly feeling my nervous system from the inside out and working with my pelvic nerves with this woman that I saw and with myself and starting to do these nervous system practices. um, I really felt myself come into this experience of uterine work and belly massage and doing internal work with myself. And also, you know, I always talk about self-work is amazing and seeing a practitioner is amazing. And I think that people that do both seem to have the most fruitful experience. Yes. Yes. Only seeing a practitioner can be a tricky dynamic of some type of dependence at times and only work. Like we can't hold everything alone. So um, I experienced this like initial kind of inflammatory, I say fighty flighty, stress chemical, like kind of toxicity residue that had built up over my lifetime and growing up and, you know, being a young person trying to figure out this world that I think is very natural. And I felt that uh, kind of resolve and discharge in a lot of ways. And then I experienced this right around that time, um, I did crash and I experienced this grief and I needed that downregulation period to be having so much permission. And I went through a, a intense like months and months, you know, it took me a couple years of um, I was a little like depressive and I had never been depressed in my life. Mm. And I'm so grateful that I just stayed curious about it. I didn't have any pathologizing of it. And I was like, who is this person? Like I'm sleeping a lot and I'm eating a lot and I'm resting. And as a person who had a lot of anxiety, a lot of fast moving ways about me, I did experience this like deep descent in a way in my psyche and my body. And then this surge started to come that was like pure inner life force that was very different than that initial stress chemical thing that I think I had been living in for most of my life. Mm. And that's my conceptualization of what you were just talking about that is Mm. so, so important and very natural. And so many people that I work with, I see them go through something, their own version of what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. And it's a form of recalibration, right? It's, it's, we need, yeah it's and our body finding equilibrium its own version um of equilibrium our nervous system finding its own version of equilibrium when it's um when it's done tolerating those high 
stressful, charged states that look like if it's not survival mode, then I call it quasi-survival mode. It's like okay. might not be right up there, but it's hovering near. Right. Yeah. Incredible. I'm really curious. Once in your experience through your work and maybe even your own story, once women get a taste of their pelvic power, does resistance come up? Like this is too much. Wait a minute. I've just tapped into how powerful I am. And if Mm -hmm. that happens, how do you assist that integration process for your clients? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if there's many people that I have worked with where that has not happened. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to normalize it and validate it. And it, you know, it's, it is a phenomenon that most human bodies will, there will be something that presents in that way. And the way that that happens, some is very, it's variable. It's different based on people's history and their body type and their tissue tone, you know, all these different things can really make a difference. And the, I guess, you know, for me, the nervous system is like the guiding force for me with all of this. I, I feel like I can like see, I tend to like think in visual metaphor, especially now that I've done this body work with so many people and over the years, it's incredible to work with so many different types of people and types of experiences that they've had and still feel these um, universal laws of the nervous system. And my co-teacher that I collaborate with, she talks about the nervous system as like royalty in the body. And I imagine the nerves like swimming down through our pelvis, floating and being guided by our fascia, going through our muscle tissues, being like running through our organs and they are conducting what's happening. So I feel so much of the range of the nervous system responses. Mm -hmm. And I call this body armor. There's a lot of different ways that people talk about body armor. So this is kind of like my little version of it. I will feel like freezy, fainty patterns. And we never want to shame or judge these things. I like don't love when people talk about the nervous system in like a shamey way. I'm like, we need this. This is (laughs) natural to our bodies and we can help these patterns unravel and shift and solidify like more neural um, optimal, you know, just like healthy nervous system and healthy neurological brain function. So I'll feel this freezy fainty. It's like a flavor, like an energetic feeling. I will feel fighty flighty and I'll feel that in the nerve, which is why I love doing this modality and teaching people about it because we can sit and talk all day. And when you feel a nerve directly on the finger, and I always use gloves disclaimer, like don't see a practitioner that doesn't use gloves. That's my opinion. Yep. When we feel this nerve current, we, there's no hiding and there's no lying. Mm. And our minds, we do, we lie to ourselves. We lie to people we love, you know, it's like, this nerve current, so much of it sometimes is resistance. And I will feel nerves like punching my hand, you know, like they're pissed off or they are 
panicky or they're frozen and numb and feeling like a cold metal wire and giving compassionate attuned presence and like I'm not going to dig at you and like tell you, you need to be different. And I'm also not going to just leave. Like we are here together and we are breathing and that's people have such incredible experiences of just allowing the inside of their body to receive that attunement can be very profound and was Mm -hmm. very profound for me. So this like resistance, um, usually being with all of those nervous system responses. And that happens in fashion. It happens in organs, like all those body armor responses can happen in all of our tissues, even our bones, our bones are breathing, living material. Then is where we get to the tingly, the warmth, the pleasure, the vitality. That's the road to ecstasies, breathing through those pathways and things become very sparkly in the body. And that's, beauty and love. And, and sometimes that is scary for people. It can be hard to tolerate that, that deep opening. It can feel very vulnerable. Yeah. Sometimes like I had somebody's body, like I felt like her body was like, this is for you. Right. And I was like, no, like, this is for you. Like, this is you. And all of our patterns are, they just are so incredible on in the way that they show themselves. So yeah. yes, it's very common for resistance to happen. It is a natural, important part of the process. Yes. So going back to that client that you just referenced a moment ago, if they're with you in person and they're starting to open up and they feel the temptation to close and the the resistance comes through, do they have another opportunity to get back into opening again? Like how do you energetically navigate that with them? Mm. Um, Great questions. I love sharing about this. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's really cool. You know, I'm like in it with people and talking in a more collegial conversational way is um, really beautiful for me. So is very connected. We have a lot of communication between us. Mm-hmm. I explain so much of this to people. I validate like, yes, this is what's happening. Like, I feel, I feel your tissue is saying no to me and holding that with so much integrity and, you know, not making it weird. Like if I get weird and then I'm like, oh, this is awkward. And like, oh, her body's saying no to me. Like that doesn't help anything. So yes, yeah, really like maybe the body is saying no in a way that it needed to many years ago and it didn't yes. get to yes. and we store our responses in our tissues and that it will come out with me quite a bit. And, and if it is personal, if it is about something I'm doing, I'm like, please tell me and like, how's this feel to you? And what is my touch like? And do you like that amount of pressure? Like, do you want me to back off? Do you need to feel more? We talk about all of this. It's really important to me because that's how we keep things from getting messy and things can get messy with this work if we're not really clear about it. So the contraction is part of the process and people move in such different pacing Um, I'm a very fast mover. Like I said, I came into this with kind of high anxiety, like a lot of openness, my nerves, just, you know, a little like 
hyper attuned and I had so much come up for me. And I went through many, many waves of contraction and expansion in one session. And some people, we we have one cycle of contraction and expansion, and that's it. And sometimes it takes a couple sessions for there to be a full cycle of contraction mm. and expansion. Mm. And okay. sometimes people walk out feeling a little contracted. And I'm like, that's okay. Like, this is not always going to be super tidy. We're not always going to be like, everything feels amazing all the time and everything is complete. You know, that's the whole, if we had a whole day together all the time and I do love doing day long things. Yeah, me too. Yeah. (laughs) Well, our our system responds to different circumstances and different situations and that contraction and resistance starts to happen in the last 10 minutes of the session. It is not right for me to be like, do you want to keep going? And like, I'm going to be late for my next thing and let's make sure your body expands. And like, that just doesn't always happen that way. And yeah, that's okay. Sometimes the full cycle, it can be a lot, you know, sometimes it's like someone's tissue needs to stay a little contracted, maybe for a couple of days after they go home. And just talking with people about this and normalizing and educating that like the tissues are going to do what they need to do. And if we force or we're jarring or we're like, why aren't you expanding? They usually just get pissed off. Yeah. And so I never hold that stance. I like to hold the stance of the brilliance of the body, like Mm -hmm. interacting with me. And when that Mm -hmm. flow starts to happen, it is so magnificent. And sometimes that takes quite a bit of time. And sometimes it's like very quick, you know, it's just, people are so different. Um, I'm thinking of one person that came in and this was years ago. We met at an event and, um, you know, longtime meditation practitioner. We both went to, you know, kind of like one of the woo programs in the town that I live in. And she just rocked it. She had very little contraction, Her tissue was glittery and sparkly within the first session. And she was crying, you know, like saying she was experiencing the goddess. And it was like probably the most efficient, pure, like very expansive um, little series of sessions that I've had. And there's been many, many things in between everything that I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So with what you just shared, what if someone is listening and at this point in time they can't, they're unable to access um, someone like yourself in person, what are some things that, what are some of your suggestions as to how they can self-nurture or maybe de-armor or what can, is there anything that people can do for themselves so that by the time they can see someone, they are a little bit more prepared for the approaches that are to come? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, there is an unfortunate um, dire need for more practitioners and more mm-hmm. people doing really safe, connected, trauma informed work that mm-hmm. I started teacher training to 
really make sure there are people out there doing this in safe ways. Oh, excellent. Excellent. And um, there are so, so many things that, you know, my journey, I've done so many of those things. I was in years of somatic oriented nervous system counseling work. I was devouring everything I could find about the divine feminine and energy medicine and archetypes and, you know, the, the, um, kind of like collective unconscious, the like femininity view around that. And that was really good for me. And I still felt like there were things missing and I knew that there were things going on with tissues in my body that I don't think I really fully understood, but I felt like, you know, talk therapy and going to workshops and doing dance therapy, like it's all amazing, but it's only doing so much for me. Mm -hmm. And when I started to do internal work, that was really like, kind of like my holy grail. And I'm biased because I'm a practitioner, but it was very amazing for me. So we can do all of this de-armoring work with ourselves, with a mirror, with our body, with seeing our vulva, with Mm. our breasts with Mm -hmm. our face in the mirror, we can do mirror work. Yes. We can do meditation and embodiment and touch work. And um, I've been doing ecstatic dance, five rhythms work for over a decade. And that has been a main pathway for me to go and process. So there are countless, you know, art therapy and the symbolism and the colors and so, so many different roads can lead into being very complementary to this path. Yes. Um, doing belly work with ourselves is one of the more gentle, like it can be really incredible to do some core work or to see an abdominal practitioner. There are way more people doing abdominal and uterine massage therapies than there are people doing internal work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fascial stretching, like the modalities out there are endless that can support this. And if you want to do internal work with yourself, you can, I really recommend working with a practitioner who can teach, you know, some people are like, well, time to work with my cervix. And that can be way too much too fast to be a little aggressive. I was aggressive with myself. I didn't know. So, um, I created what I wish I had. I created a yeah. program where it's very, it's slow, it's steady. The whole slow is fast thing is what really works in my mind for the pelvis. I don't believe that our pelvis likes or responds to like, I'm going to do this in a rushed way and I have to do everything today. I feel like our body is like, fuck you. Yeah. So yeah. I think like slow and steady and consistent and warming up our tissues and you can feel your tissues with your own finger and feel what's happening there. Like notice the temperature. And if you feel a nerve and if you feel, does the tissue feel tight? Does it feel really lax? Does it feel sad? You know, we can do all of this with ourselves. And for some people that is scary. I've had very many people come through my online stuff or write to me or, you know, whatever the they're like, I, I'm scared of what's going to come up if I do this alone Mm. and that's okay. So I love to advocate for working with counselors or energy practitioners or cranial sacral therapists that can understand why someone would want to address this type of work. And unfortunately it's not widely accepted for everyone. There's 
plenty of taboo and stigma about it. Yeah. There's shame about it. There's shadowy stuff happening with it. That is, you know, I've heard of people practicing without gloves. And I heard of someone who was a longtime practitioner going to jail and, you know, it's really tricky stuff. So I think that the best advice that I have is uh, prepare yourself to work with yourself, work with practitioners and ask about their training and their credentials. And if you do want to do touch work like this with someone and, you know, really um, check them out and ask a lot of questions and like, what is their paperwork like? And all these things are really important. And there's so, so many ways that we can start to address this we don't have to ever do internal work if we don't want to, you know, it should be everyone's yeah. choice. Yeah. Yeah. Consent is key. Just really. Yeah. And your consent can ch- can change moment to moment, or it might be a really firm no and really, yeah, really honor that. Don't, don't move into force or pressure. And I felt like when I was listening to you just now, I felt like, even though you didn't utilize these words, I felt like I could hear the undercurrent of being curious and non-judgmental when you are self-exploring and you are, you know, what's the temperature like? What does this nerve feel like? Um, And I really loved that. It's very, it comes across as though the approach is very gentle, compassionate, non-judgmental, curious, and that, that will that will take you if you're listening and you're open and consenting to the internal work with yourself then that attitude and that approach will take you um will take you far if you come back to it again and again absolutely yeah i loved um i learned you know i'm always learning so much we co-taught this training and i learned from my incredible co-teacher her name is beth ann fisher if anybody wants to check her out Mm -hmm. Uh, she taught about the real reality you know there's all these amazing research um, articles coming out that really prove you know the energy field and science is termed the bio field like there are incredible realizations happening about the reality that our systems are so sensitive and we are interconnected and that compassion boosts our immune system. Mm. So having compassion for ourselves, approaching our tissues with compassion and curiosity, we all need to boost our immune systems right now. It is, you know, if we are really nasty to ourselves, I always say in my work, the only thing I don't allow for big indulgence with is shame because shame is not like I have a hard feeling and it's painful. Shame is I'm bad and shame is insidious. It is like, it's toxic. It grows, Mm -hmm. it feeds on itself. And the medicine for shame is honor and to honor that human life Mm -hmm. is confusing. And Mm -hmm. we are all just trying to tolerate all this energy we have in our bodies and How do we have compassion and boost our own immunities, which is so good for our endocrine system. And it's so connected to our nervous system and stop the self nasty stuff. And if we're doing that, not to judge ourselves for it, but to be like, okay, you know, here's what my mind is doing and here's what my emotional patterns. And can I just take a breath and be like, okay, like, 
can I give myself some safety and resource in this moment? And it took me so long to learn that. So I never say this with like, it should be so easy. You know, like this is everything I say, I'm usually talking about myself. Yeah. It's like, um, it's so incredibly humbling to be in this in a self-compassionate way. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very personal work and it's inevitable that your own personal experience will inform and guide, um, so much of what you teach and share. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a really beautiful thing. Um, you mentioned the belly work, um, Mm -hmm. earlier on and it popped into my mind. I was like, Ooh, I would love to know, um, the belly work, and you'll need to, you'll be able to explain this a lot better than me, but the belly work means that we can access our psoas muscle. Is that correct? Is that a possibility with that belly work? Yeah, um, the psoas, do you want me to? Yeah, please take over from me. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Um, do you want to? Yeah, wanna- the, yeah, and the psoas muscle is, um, is deeply embedded in our bodies and is connected to um, and gets activated when we're in survival. So I was wondering if you can, and is embedded within the pelvis and then branches up into the abdomen. I'm just wondering if you can um, share with the listeners why um, the, the importance that it holds in terms of um, pelvic work and softening and de-armoring. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought this up. I feel like there are so many little synchronicities because I'm reading an incredible book about the psoas. It's really like all about how the psoas logs primal, uh, kind of like intolerable stress. It's our deepest mm. core muscle. And it actually plugs into one of the deep, I don't say pelvic floor anymore because it's not flat. So I'm saying like, I need a new word, basically inner pelvic tissue or internal pelvic tissue. Um, one of our pelvic muscles, the psoas hooks down into and attaches. So I don't for myself really believe in aggressive psoas work. I think that it can impact the ovary in a not very nice way. Mm. Uh, there are some like very hard touch kind of aggressive psoas release um, modalities out there. I don't like that for myself. I don't feel like it has been, um, it doesn't really discharge things. It just tends to like stimulate and then it doesn't finish the cycle for me. So there are certain ways to do exercises to access and ignite and allow for the deep tremble, the tremoring, which is like discharging of adrenaline and cortisol and those stress chemicals. When we are afraid, our psoas and all of our core, but especially our psoas pulls up and in, and it pulls these pelvic muscles up and softening the root and feeling these pelvic tissues sink down into their like not too heavy because that, excuse me, leads to prolapse. And we don't want that, but this like strong, flexible, but also grounded and quote, relaxed and released mechanism of our pelvic tissues is very connected to our psoas. And there are um, a lot of kind of mystical, very emotional, can be very spiritual 
I believe that tissues can log memories and that correlates with the center of the brain or subcortical brain. The middle of our brain is our emotional memory center. And so many of us are just living in our frontal brain or in our hind brain, which is our survival mm. brain. Mm-hmm. So these deep core tissues like the pancreas and the spleen also they're very deep. They have very different functions than like big fiery organs, like the digestive tubes and the liver. And these deeper tissues are often associated with intolerable stress, this like survival stress. And if we're storing that in our tissues, it needs to come out. And that can happen through some abdominal and like back treatment type work. It can happen through some movement work. It can happen through internal work with those internal pelvic tissues that attach to the psoas. Mm. And that's that internal work. It's the obturator. If you want to look up the pelvic muscles, the obturator connects with that inner psoas um, attachment site. And there's incredible ways to very gently work with the obturator. It's amazing to do this with a practitioner. It's like the creme de la creme experience, Um, but you can also do this with massage tools and movement work, and it can lead to changes in the thoracic diaphragm. It can lead to changes in breathing patterns. It can lead to a much less reactivity if we get upset by something and we're able to like reset that charge cycle Instead of, you know, if we have a full bucket of the stress chemicals and then something happens, we don't have the reserves to respond to that in a regulated way. Yeah. So I'm so glad you brought up the psoas. I hope that answers some of your question. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's just, it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. You said about synchronicity. For some reason, it's just popped back into my awareness with no prompting. And I've just, this the last couple of days. And when you reference the belly, um, the belly massage, I was like, I forgot about the psoas. I was like, I forgot. Yeah. I, it was, it was literally out of my awareness for such a long time. And for some reason, it just must be the time that it's come back as I continually reflect on what I'm doing and want to improve and expand and feel like, um, and feel like I want to tap into that um, that deeper power within. So, um, yeah, it just felt like the right time to ask, and you're the right, definitely the right person to ask about Ooh. the psoas. Yes. Um, Alicia, I have one big question left for you. Mm-hmm. I would love to know, once you know the secrets of your pelvis and access its wisdom and activation, How does that change how women move and show up in the world? Oh, yeah. Beautiful question. Mm. That's like a huge book. (laughs) Yeah, this is amazing. There can be so many subtleties. There can also be very, you know, kind of like big, quite profound changes. So, Um, I tend to think in kind of like wide spans of ideas and different thinking approaches. And um, I think that that is a really beautiful thing that it can touch everything for me living in a quote womb friendly lifestyle has been such a huge part of all of this. We can do the tissue work, but if we're dumping xenoestrogens and really toxic things for our womb into our body, 
our pelvis is going to be unhappy and we can do all the tissue work in the world, but Ah. there's products, there's nutrition, there's lifestyle things, even down to wearing high heels for a long time can shift our pelvic posture, misalign things. And I love high heels, but I'm not wearing them for 10 hours a day and walking around. That's a boundary I have with myself. Yep. So there are so many, um, the lifestyle piece I think is huge and is actually quite accessible. If we can start to kind of remediate some of the toxin things in our products. And the hard thing is it's expensive, you know, it's money to eat really well. It's money to have the better products that are not toxic. It's money to use herbs. I love herbs. So I think there's a lot of privilege embedded in all of this. It's important Mm. and people's boundaries will change their boundaries. Yes. With internal contact around intimacy or partnership or having a lover or whatever it is and their energetic boundaries, their relational boundaries, their verbal expression, their voice will often change. Our vocal tissues are so connected to our pelvic tissues. Yes. Yes. I love that conversation, by the way, that's for the next time. I love that one. The connection of the the throat pussy connection is just incredible. It's so amazing. If you look up a picture of the vocal cords, if you Mm -hmm. look up a picture of people singing and talking, like a video of actual tissue, it looks like genitalia. It looks like a vulva. It looks like a cervix. So there are these ways that our body map, our body tissues map and mirror each other the way that people move will change. Sometimes people's hips will expand and they won't feel so locked up and kind of like the rigid, small, uh, you know, like character structures, like a somatic psychology thing. And I've seen my body really change. I've seen my belly like drop. And um, I used to have like very different belly tissue patterns, a lot of tension, a lot of rigidity. Our digestion can change our spiritual experience. You know, I believe that spiritual awakening is neurological and the nerves and the pelvis are directly talking to the brain through the spinal connection and through the vagus nerve pathway. So there are so many deeply embedded inside of us. And then also externally, how we walk through the world, how we dress, how we communicate Mm -hmm. with people, who we let into our personal space and who we say, you know what? you stay over there. It's like, it is really, I feel like this is unlocking the body wisdom and it can be very vulnerable. And I think that that is, you know, somebody has really talking about myself again, in my past, pretty tough armoring, the more I've de-armored and opened, the more vulnerable I feel. And it has changed how I engage with other people and the world. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's like, I'm like, yeah. And when people feel ashamed about that and they're like, well, I'm I'm not giving in the way that I used to be, or, you know, I I feel like I've gotten selfish or some type of this language can come up and I'm like, good for you. (laughs) You know, women being the vat of energy for everybody else. I'm just so tired of that story and pelvic work does change this for people. It's a phenomenon. All my teachers talk about it. I talk about it. My clients talk about it. It's a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. And it will 
change you for the better for the long term. I love this conversation. I adore you. I think pure poetry flows out of your mouth when you speak and when you write. And I'm here for it because that's all I that's all I want in this world. I don't want um inspirational quotes on Instagram. I want, I'm here for the pure poetry and Alicia, you deliver over and over. I, yeah, I just, um, I just adore you and thank you for all of the quality that you and richness that you have shared today with your work. I have no doubt that um, this will stir listeners up in their own pelvic cauldron, their own pelvic bowl, and entice them to delve deeper within themselves. I would love to know, can you tell listeners where we can find you? Absolutely. Thank you so much for the compliments. It is such a joy and a pleasure to, it's a two-way street in your conversation is helping me express myself in this way. So thank you so much. And uh, my website is an incredible hub of information. Mm, it is. <laughs> I love giving a lot of information. It was one of my like personality things. I want people to be very well informed mm-hmm. before coming toward me. And I put a lot of energy into making sure that that happens. Um, my Facebook page is very active. I have a private Facebook group so that you know, social media is what it is, but if we want a little more privacy, there is a Facebook group where people ask questions and I do some more like intimate videos and things. Um, my Instagram is active. My YouTube channel is active. I'm all over the place. I'm really wanting to reach people very deeply in a consensual way, always needs to be consensual. Mm -hmm. And where the real magic happens is probably my email list. I get the most transparent, the most raw, the most personal on my emails. Mm. And we'll put all of the links uh, in the show notes. But yeah, I love email too, because it's like writing love letters to people. I really enjoy that. And, And when someone does their email in that way it's very very powerful and transformative so thank you for um yeah thank you for letting us into your world thank you so much for being with me it heals me just as much as you know I don't want to be this like cold rigid whatever the like I don't even know but some type there's some type of persona that I perceive and the quotes and the influencers. And that is not what I'm here to do. I'm here to be humanity, truly. Yeah, me too. Me too. I can't wait. I'm so glad we're connected and I can't wait to keep witnessing you and yeah. And to allow myself to be witnessed by you as well. That feels really, um, that feels really juicy and really powerful too. (laughs) I've got one of those big goofy smiles on my face. Yeah. Uh, it's so good to be silly together you know this is the bonding that can happen between women and um I do have to go but the last thing I'll say is that the female female thing is so complex and it is so beautiful and we need it you know there's so much wounding and there's so much beauty 
and this female female connection is so nourishing to me mm. and I just want to thank you for having yeah, me agreed agreed thank you can't wait to connect with you more mm-hmm.